Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Shelter Footy Cast, live from Backchat Studios. Welcome. That is the Southern River Band. A couple of local lads out of Thornley. That, that's your sort of music, Ski. I like it. It's very good. Uh, I'm not saying I, I know a lot about them, but gee, the sound's good, and uh, they are a welcome addition to our footy cast. That's right. The Shelter Footy Cast preview review, Mondays and Thursdays. We are Thursday. This is the preview for round 11. Um, Bit of feedback about our dress uh, on our opening edition. And look, you were... Casual, and you're still in that vogue, obviously. Of I've, I've worn my slippers in today, mate. And I had a suit. So today I've gone... In fact, every time I wear this puffer, puffer jacket, I feel like George Costanza out of Seinfeld. The episode <laughs> where he goes into the liquor store and inadvertently turns around and knocks over a whole bottle, a, a, a raft of wine. And I just every time I've got this on now, it's like I'm burning up inside. They're so good. They're the, so warm. The puffer jacket. The puffer jacket. They are... My go-to in winter, which isn't really winter, but it's it's a bit cool outside. We've got Skeetney's, Julius Marlowe's, the slacks, and... Yeah, I believe it's Gore-Tex as well was the material. Thank you. There you go, Dan. You, Dan. Random Dan comes in with his stats. Very good. Uh, we've got a West Australian theme on the footy cast, the Shelter footy cast. We're going to get through the West Coast Eagles, the Dockers, their big matchups this weekend, plus all seven other matchups. Um, you can find us on socials, Shelter Footy Cast over at Instagram. You got all that sorted? Uh, the yeah, I've got a, a PA. Can you believe that? I have a personal assistant organising all of my Instagram work. Uh, her name is Georgia. Her last name is Redding. She's 21 years of age and she's uh, the first of my twin daughters. I think we need to just ramp up the skeet on socials. And Possibly. We just need to get a bit more action over there. Uh, Shelter, born and brewed in Bustleton. They, th- they bring us this podcast every week. We're going to see if we can actually leave those beers in the fridge for the entire time, Skate. Um, Busso Jetty, you can see us, see them down there. There's a new airport down there. Get down there. Enjoy the, the nice little brewery. And when I say little, I mean big. It's massive. It's terrific. Now, of course, can you believe we've got another public holiday long weekend coming up? And there's a, an event or two that's worth touching on. Correct. The 3rd of June, Friday, at the Wembley Hotel here in Perth, Uh Basically, Shelter has got together with the Wembley and they've, they've made a beer with them. It's called uh, the 
the give me give me a little bit more space there, Daniel. It's called the Switchback. Uh, it's called the Switchback IPL, I believe. Okay, and so that's that's, that's uh, being launched, so to speak. Being launched Friday, the third of June. There's free beers down there, I believe. Nice little tap takeover. Uh, there's a meat raffle, Skeet. There that's, is a meat raffle. That's my type of uh, pub afternoon, the meat raffle, which you get involved and and you got the Friday night footy on the big screen. Uh, of course, free entry, and it's just a great uh, chance to get involved and taste some of this beautiful shelter uh, beer. Correct. Five PM starts Friday, third of June. Free entry. We're going to see us there. Okay. Big story of the week. What have you picked out for us this week, Skate? Well, I think it's one that uh, I. Decided on because of, of what you have been through in transitioning out of football. Now, this is an unusual case in the sense that Sam Fisher has gone going through a really tough time and charged with uh, drug trafficking. We know that he hasn't opposed bail. So there's an issue with regards to how he got to that point. But the broader picture is footballers, once they finish the game, how they are able to transition into society. Now, in Sam's case, there was talk that he had been asking the club or looking for assistance maybe a decade ago and whether that assistance came in the form that was going to help him or not remains to be decided. But his case, how did you, when you heard the news, how did you feel? Uh, look, I, I, I looked at it. I think actually publicly the the issue is being moulded into one. It's actually two issues that Sam Fisher has been. It's it's One is drugs, right? And so that is that is a, that is an issue. Um, both in society and footy, and leaving the game, actually life after footy. They're two separate issues that are being like moulded into one. So to talk about it, you need to cover both. D- drugs, um, the first responsibility with that lies with the person. It's not the club's responsibility. It's not the AFLPA. It's not your manager. It's not the support. You've got a lot of support at the footy club. You get a lot of opportunities. Education. Education. It's up to the person, first and foremost. Um and so that's where the, the drug stuff comes into. Now, you don't know what Sam's gone through. You don't know what issues he's faced. There's been a lot of talk in the media about it all. But that is one issue. The other issue is life after footy and leaving the game. Now, the responsibility there, I think, is more shared. I think it is, it's up, up to the person still. It's, you know, every decision you make in life is up to yourself. But the club and the AFLPA and your managers all have a pretty equal role to play there. And I think... People are saying there's not enough support to stop people from doing drugs. Well, I, I, I disagree with that. That's there. But the support when you leave the game and, and moving out of footy, I think could improve. I, 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 I think it could get better from a league perspective, from club's perspective, and then your player agents. I don't think they do enough for players after they're out of the game. And sometimes players get to plan their departures. They've got that chance to, to look. Some don't get that opportunity. And is that when it really hits hard going from the structure, the bubble, so to speak, of, of AFL footy to yeah. the outside world? Yeah, it does. And and that's what I mean by there's two issues. There's the drug issue and then there's the life after footy. The, the life after footy, you, you're in such a highly controlled environment, structured environment, elite environment. You're used to being given feedback. You're used to learning and being able to improve on things straight away where you, you come out into the real world, Skeet, and you've got to fend for yourself a bit, which is, which is fine for some blokes, but... Got to remember, you know, footy players are footy players. They they don't they're not studying to be a doctor while they're in there. Or well, very few are. I certainly wasn't skate. When you come out of the footy world, how do you transfer those skills into, you know, regular life? You get paid less. Um, 
you you are less structured and you don't have that in your life. So it becomes difficult. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult transition out of footy. And I can empathise with you because you were with me last October and I, I was made redundant from my job and that's uh, was a, a really tough time for me. I as a journalist for thirty three years, uninterrupted employment, and. Uh, Following that, it was a case of what do I do? How do I transition, if not into something very similar, something else? And a lot of people go through this, don't get me wrong, not just footballers. Yeah. So it's that ability to, or that, that time to try and work out what you're going to do next in your life. I can absolutely understand from a footballing point of view. I've stayed in the media uh, to, a, to a large degree, but I can empathise totally with someone who's played football or, or done a job for so long and then it stops suddenly where they go next, and the stress that cause. Ideally, you'd like to be planning your life, uh, what's next, but it's pretty common in life that when, when you're doing something, you, you're trying to put your efforts into what you're doing. And so when something like that does happen, you get made redundant or you retire or you get delisted or you know, where, wherever it sits, it's a pretty common thing to be like, oh, shit, Like I've been focusing really hard on footy and now this is where I sit. So, look, I, I think there's been a lot of barbs thrown around to finish up on it. Um, you know, who, who's at fault or whose responsibility is to help players. First and foremost, it's the player. You have to take responsibility for your own decisions in life. But there is room to grow in terms of the support that players get coming out of footy because it's bloody hard. Yeah, and look, he's facing, this is Sam Fisher, upwards of 25 years in, in jail for drug trafficking. So if that comes to pass, unfortunately, his life will be ruined in many ways. Uh, and if it's a lesson for other footballers or the industry, then hopefully that can be the least that can be gained out of it. You are on the Shelter Footycast with Skeet and Scoey getting into the Western side of things right now. West Coast to Fremantle preview. Let's go to the, I think, one of the biggest games of the weekend. Fremantle v Melbourne, Saturday, 2.35 at the MCG. Tell me about this one, Skeet. Well, let's just go back a step because the Dockers have a selection quandary on their hands with regards to how do they replace Sam and Switkowski. In a nutshell, two weeks, you were comfortable with that? No. If you want a short answer, no. I think it should have been less than that. I didn't see the injury. It was it was a perception-based report. But that's we, we live well, and we learn. I've had this argument on radio. Not an argument. This, exactly the same point. I'd like to be able to, to take a differing point to you. Yeah. But the fact that... We are, we are working our, our system on a result-based uh, incident. So the result of his action was no injury. He played on, no remonstration, and I went, wow, two weeks. It was a bad look. But serious misconduct? Not sure about that. It wasn't a good look. It was something he regrets. But two weeks, yeah, I, I don't see that as being as bad as some I've seen, but it's done and dusted. There's not a lot of consistency for mine. I think players are unsure about what they can and can't do. Uh, 17 wins for the Melbourne Demons. Do they make it 18? I think if you were of saying... In a row, in a row. In a row, of course. If you were thinking logically, and what we've seen for the past fortnight from Fremantle, what we've seen from the past 17 matches of, of Melbourne, you have to say they are so far above the next team at the moment, it's not funny. So comfortably, yes, as I've was alluding to Fremantle, have to make a decision or two with regards to uh, who they play. Neil Erasmus was the sub. Does he come in this week? Uh, Sam Sturts kicked, I think, nine goals in three games in the waffle. People are crying out for him. They are, but whether his forward pressure is enough to convince Justin Longley or he's the man for the job remains to be seen. But it's they, not like for like, is it, Spikowski for Sturt? They're different players. They are different players, but I think, forget the, the slight personnel changes, Sky. I think what they need is to bring back that type of intensity that they had uh, through that run of six consecutive wins after round two. Yeah, I agree. Um, so they've lost two in a row now, the three metal doggers. So the pressure's on. I don't think 
Um, that's not the best build-up, but also after two losses, if they're a good side, they will fight back. They will come out firing. I think the Freo Dockers could win this week, Skate. I know that would be an absolute boil over at the MCG against a side that's won 17 in a row, but I think the, 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 the stars are just aligning a little bit for Fremantle. They'll be very disappointed with how they've played the last two weeks, and this week's a big test to see whether they can actually put it all together and take it up against a good side. Because they haven't been able to do that so far. It's been a really, really good side. Absolutely. And Melbourne Geelong, is... Geelong and Geelong was a huge win. Yes. But, but are Geelong a really good side? You are not convinced the Cats are going to be there at the back end of the season. Correct. Carlton, in hindsight, at home, under lights, was a really good win. So you have to put that into the, yep, into the mix. Yep. And Melbourne, in terms of personnel, what they bring to the table... Uh, Look, they've got a couple of players that are possibly in doubt, but Ed Langdon, he's been terrific this year, by the way. Yeah, Ed Langdon, uh, after a big tackle from Taron Thomas last week, uh, deemed illegal, he's been cleared of uh, his injury, so he should be right. Jack Viney, um, vice-captain, he's been in the mix for the last couple of weeks. He was a late out last week, but Jack Viney, I believe, will return. So they've got a couple of big players coming back in, Um, maybe uh, Luke Dunstan misses out. Uh, He's an interesting one at Melbourne, why he made that move from St Kilda to Melbourne? Well, did you? Th- I saw the the documentary on Stan show me the money, and he was part of that, and yeah. and the stress or the the confusion of where he might end up, and he was delighted to get to the Demons. But as you what, would, but it's I mean it's a deep midfield. If you, but that's why he went there, Melbourne. Yeah. And, and I have to say, from all I've heard about Melbourne with re- their recruiting strategies, they have received rave reviews about how they've conducted themselves, particularly in the in the Luke uh, Gunson ca- Dunson case. Uh, other players that have been interviewed have been overwhelmingly positive about what they've had as an experience. But they had so few injuries last year, Scoey, Melbourne, in their midfield that they thought, this can't last forever. So that's why Dunstan was put on their list. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think um, uh, yeah, I, I think that as a player, you want to end up at a successful club. And so Dunstan would have made that decision. He could have gone and played at a club. He would have played more. 20 games. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's fighting for a premiership. As you as you do want in the uh, so so our tips for this week who's going to win and why I think the Frio Dockers win um, that's my tip for this week it's probably the upset of the round uh, why do they win that they're bouncing back from a couple of bad losses the pressure will be on down at the Dockers and 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 I think they're a good side so good teams rebound they'll be gearing themselves up for a you know a hard road trip like they did in Geelong I think they've got the the makeup to do it. Um, they're a pressure-based team in defence. And I think Melbourne are susceptible to pressure. We spoke about it on Monday. You are not immune to pressure in this league. So Fremantle, to beat them, will have to put a lot of pressure on them around the midfield. They'll, they'll have to look down to shut... They'll have to shut down an Oliver or Petrarca. But they can do it. If they put enough pressure on, they'll need to score the other way. But pressure will actually help them score, which has been a trouble the last two weeks. It has. Uh, you mentioned shut down the midfield. I mean, Clayton Oliver, 45 touches, career high last week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just think their midfield bats too deep and is too too classy for Fremantle's at this point. At some stage, Fremantle might be able to match them in that category. I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can kick enough goals. The past fortnight has shown that and the conditions might be completely different. But uh, may leave uh, the defence of, of Melbourne is too good. Even though Darcy's an outstanding ruck from the Max Gorn factor is, is still there, I just I think logic says, and you've you've gone outside and taken the risk by thinking Fremantle tipping them, but I just think Melbourne they have not shown me that they have got a an ounce of complacency that they are ready to uh, put the cue in the rack at this stage of the season. They'll drop one, 
presumably at some stage, but as Simon Goodwin said, that had their eye on Fremantle for about a month, which means that... Yeah, that's dangerous. It's <laughs> dangerous for, uh, for Freo. So, no, Melbourne, I think... Should be winning at home. All right, set the scene here. Skeet will take the easy pick every week. Uh, we go <laughs> we go to West Coast v Bulldogs, Saturday, 5.30pm, here at Optus Stadium. Um, I'm going to take the easy pick again here as well, by the way, just for what it's worth. <laughs> we, don't have to do, we don't have to do opposite, and, and I think we'll get to our tips at the end, but West Coast have lost six in a row. Um, that probably looks like seven, I think, after this weekend. The Bulldogs beat the Suns last week. It's a good win. Um, but, other, you know, the, the Suns came off a couple of good victories. They beat Sydney. Uh, they beat – tell me who they beat. Uh, Frio. Fremantle. So the Suns, um, they beat them in Ballarat. It was, it was a good win, but I don't think a great win. So no. the Bulldogs aren't coming in the, the hottest team in the comp. No, they've been inconsistent. Yes. But their midfield, again, you look at their midfield, if they're up and running, they are so good. I mean, uh, McRae, Bontempelli, Trelaw, they have the, the players, at least on paper, and we saw that in the grand final, to trouble a Melbourne. But they've been so inconsistent on that front. Interested uh, that uh, Tim English, we think, will come into the side, back into the side, which is big news for the Dogs. Big news on Tim English dropped last night, Skeet. It looks like he's signing... Uh, with the Western Bulldogs. So it's been rumoured for a fairly long time now that the West Coast Eagles and the Fremantle Dockers very keen on his, his services. It looks like he's going to be signed away, sealed and delivered, free agent off the table, two or three year deal, which is great for the Western Bulldogs. And I mean, good for Tim English too. Absolutely. And there's no real surprise because the whispers have been that he's happy to stay at the Bulldogs. And let's be honest, if you're going to make the move and come back to WI at the moment, at the moment, the West Coast Eagles would be, wouldn't be that attractive given the rebuild that we think might take two or three years at least to get themselves up on their feet well, again. Be, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. It's a great point. Do, do players want to come and help with that rebuild? Like it's, it's an interesting thing thinking about West Coast is not that an attractive club to come to. They've got new facilities, uh, nice weather over Very here. Very powerful club. Oh, there's so many pluses. Normally, but this is not the year that if you're flirting with the idea of coming home, that you think, if you want success, and that's what every player obviously pulls the boots on for, yep. and if you're going to do that, then Fremantle would be a more likely option for you. But yeah, English coming back into the side and staying at the Bulldogs is huge. Uh, they've got some numbers coming back. Giray, I think, is almost right to come back in. Um, West Coast, for their part, I thought Luke Shuey was just about done for a week or two, but... Yeah, yeah, I did. Did too. He'll play. Yeah, it looks like he'll play. Um, Josh Kennedy comes back into the side after a couple of weeks off with a knee. Um, Luke Foley's a chance to come back from concussion protocol. So they do have some... Uh, I mean, there's been a long time now during weeks that we, the West Coast are just whoever's available plays. So ideally, they have some selection dramas, who misses and who, who misses out. I think... Uh, you know, just going back on West Coast performance last week, they gave away 14 goals against GWS in the first half. They're never going to win that game. But they, they improved in the second half of that game and they were quite competitive. They, they scored. Um, I think they would have walked away at the end of that game knowing that they'd improved and the effort was better and they'd want to build on that again this week. Can they beat the Western Bulldogs? No, but it's not an impossible feat for West Coast to really match it against a Bulldog side that's just... I don't think in, in that good a form, to be honest. They keep their captain in Luke Shuey. Josh Kennedy, like we said, comes back. He makes a big difference to the forward line, Josh Kennedy. It means that Jack Darling doesn't get the best defender, which has you know, been a great thing for his career, for his entire career. Um, I, I, did, I will just say, I, I saw the West Australian back page today. They've got a picture of Jack Darling surfing um, down somewhere, and, and they've apparently 
gone, um, thank God he's caught something. Um, how about some goals? I, uh, a cheap shot? I think a big cheap shot. I mean, he's entitled to enjoy himself and go for a surf and do whatever the hell he likes in the week. It, it almost came across as, well, you're not winning, what, what, are, you, what are you doing surfing? Not in, you shouldn't be enjoying yourself. Don't go and, and you don't, know what? Don't, maybe don't go to hippie club. No, that's true. But you know what? He it reminds me the Jack Darling. Just we're digressing a fraction here. But Fraser Gehrig at the West Coast, who was going back many moons before your time. Yes, he was uh, an enigmatic forward who attracted a lot of criticism from Eagle supporters when he wasn't playing well or wasn't perceived to be playing well. Jack Darling is the new Fraser Gehrig, uh, rightly or wrongly. He hasn't been in good form, but gee, cops some over the top criticism. I think so. can, can you look at? Through that list, yes. who has performed at their optimum all year? It'll be a big back page of players that haven't. Absolutely. Um, Dom Shee comes back through the waffle this week, and so does Elliot Yo. So they do have some troops on the way back. Who wins and why? Western Bulldogs, midfield too good. Uh, Aaron Norton, and interesting to see whether Luke Beveridge's comments about the attention Sam Collins gave him last week in Ballarat, yes. and you being a defender. I looked at some of the replays of those incidents that he was allegedly uh, manhandling or or involved with Norton. I, I couldn't see anything wrong from the defender. A little bit of view. insider's view here. I spoke to someone quite close at the Western Bulldogs. I believe it was... Okay, so his defender, Collins, was scragging him, which, me as a defender, that's exactly what you need to do against Aaron Norton. because Stop he, his run. He's a gun. Yeah, 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 and you need to scrag. He's too good. If you just let him run around doing his, his own thing, he'll absolutely tally up. But I believe Aaron Norton may have been scragging back, having a bit of a wrestle back, and there was a couple of free kicks paid against Norton that weren't played against Collins. They'd just like to see that even ledger. I think they were fine with the scragging, but if Aaron Norton wants to have a wrestle too, let him go. I think West Coast lose, and the Western Bulldogs win. Uh, they go ahead. That is the Western wrap. West Coast Eagles, Fremantle Dockers, footy cast by Shelter. Right. All right, what about the rest of the round? Sydney v Richmond Friday. I think this is the, or close to the game of the round uh, at the SCG, um, 5.50 p.m. Absolutely. Look, Richmond's form has been outstanding, and they've lost Tom Lynch with that hamstring, so that's yes. a big blow in terms of their goal production. They're, they're second in the comp at the moment for, for scores, so that will hurt that a little bit. It, true, but they've also been, prior to, I guess, a month ago, they leaked goals a fair bit. Mind you, with Grimes, Vlosten, uh, their back six or their back half was a bit disrupted because of injury. Yes. But once they get their their most preferred lineup in there, they're a very good side still. I mean, their quality is... Amazing. Dusty comes back in. Shea Bolton's playing terrific footy. I'm not saying they're contenders, but I'll tell you what, they are still one of the most dangerous sides in the competition. I mean, which has been a terrific effort to be able to maintain that. I mean, I think a lot of people, including myself, to be honest, thought three flags in a row, a couple of down years, the cliff's coming and they're going to keep going down. They look like they're improving somehow, which, I mean, incredible um, applause to, I guess, their culture and their ability to be able to build their list. They play a Sydney side, so they play at SCG. Hasn't always been a happy hunting ground for Richmond. The last time they played there was 2016. Um, at some stage through the last quarter of that game, they were down by 136 points, looking yeah. like the biggest loss they've ever had against a team. Now, they kicked a few goals late to lose by 116. This was 2016, right? Uh, it was the game that there was the Damien Hardwick needs to be sacked game. Now, he, refu- he, he, he survived a big meeting at the club, kept his job, went on to win three flags. It's amazing. And there's still questions about, or well, questions at the moment. 
Caroline Wilson coming out and saying that Adam Simpson won't be at the club next year. That's going back to the West Coast Eagles. But it's amazing what a little bit of time and patience can do. Going back to Sydney, the SCG, you think, wow, they just win there. But that's not been the case in recent times. I think they've lost three of their past four at the SCG, which is a question mark heading into Friday night footy. Uh, and Josh Kennedy, the Sydney version, yep. the hamstring. Bad one. Yeah, bad will he one. Go, will he come back from oh, it? It's going to be difficult. It looks like a tendon issue. If it's eight to nine weeks, that's a big hamstring. I think uh, – I don't, I don't want to rule out anyone's career, but that's going to be difficult to come back from. I think Isaac Heaney on that point needs to spend more time in the middle to replace a Josh Kennedy. So we'll see that. Who wins and why? Or even just get who wins. I think, I think Sydney – wins, but this is a winnable game for Richmond. I think Sydney wins too. I thought you were going to pick Richmond. That'll probably be the easy pick, but there you go. Both on Sydney. Brisbane v GWS, Saturday 11.45 at the Gabba. Oh, I think this this one's hard to call. Brisbane lost last week against Hawthorne. GWS uh, win against West Coast, so their confidence will be up. They've got the new coach. How do you see this game playing out? I think Brisbane bounced back big time. Uh, Marcus Adams yes. back in the mix. Dan McStay also returning from an ankle uh, concern, so I think at the Gabba, they're just going to be so hard to beat. The finals, we've seen them a bit vulnerable in the last couple of years, but Brisbane, the second best side in the competition, clearly. They, they are, which I think I think it was undersold a little bit, the victory by Hawthorne last week. Hawthorne goes to, it was in it was in um, Launceston, but they beat the second best side in the comp last week. I agree with you. I think that loss will fire them up. They'll come out firing against a GWS side. That Look, a, a good win, which is great. They may get back uh, Braden Proust, their ruckman, Lockie Ash, Nick Hayes. So they'll all come back after missing with health and safety protocol and illness. But I don't think it'll be enough. I think Brisbane win as well. And comfortably, I think. Uh, the, the Giants' victory over the Eagles, I think, has to be put into perspective at the moment. They are, and they, as you know, they, they switched their side Back to front, essentially. Wondering yes. whether they do the same against a quality team like Brisbane at the Gabba. Yep, I agree. Brisbane, Brisbane and Brisbane for both of us. Geelong v Adelaide, Saturday, 11.45am at GMHBA Stadium at home for Geelong. It is. Uh, and Paddy Dangerfield, he's not just out for a week. He's going to be resting until after the bye. Now, there's a combination of a, a knee injury. There's a bit of a calf niggle he's had previously. And uh, Chris Scott, I think, is looking to have him ready for the final should they qualify in a in a in a in a decent position. Do you remember on the Shelter Footy cast just this week, Skeet, I said that maybe Geelong are just looking to build nicely in the final. So perhaps something like this supports that notion. It does, but you've still got to win enough games to, to qualify. To <laughs> they've been to, up and down this year, Geelong. They've, they've been a bit like the Bulldogs. I they, mean, They haven't won two in a row since round three and four, so it's been win-loss, 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 which is pretty rare for Geelong. We've been used to them being a pretty consistent side. What does it say about a team if you, if you are forgiving that one every second week, just unable to replicate? I mean, Richmond went through a period like that in the sort of front third of the year. Yeah. I, I, I think... I think well, people want to jump on and say they're too old, but I think there's just been some unsurety with the way they've been playing. That They've notoriously been a kick mark side Geelong, but they haven't been able to get that side of their game going. They couldn't do it last week against Port Adelaide, and there's been other games that they haven't been able to play the way they want to play. So, look, I think I think it'll be a closer game than people think. Adelaide haven't won in Geelong in 18 years, so that would say their form's <laughs> not great. Well, the, the, the record, the monkey is, well, it's a gorilla on their back. And no Taylor Walker this week, and he's been terrific, you'd have to say. Got the, the health and safety protocols coming his way. Yeah, I mean, you just see GMHBA Stadium and you, you, you tip 
Geelong, yep. week in, week out. They've beaten by the Dockers this season, but you're right, it's it's few and far between. There you go. We're both pick, picking Geelong. I think it will be closer, though. Uh, Suns v Hawthorne. This is in the Northern Territory. Darwin. Uh, yes. Uh, a night game. Now, it's going to be slippery. It's slippery, but not not that type of time of year like where the humidity is a massive factor, from my knowledge. Uh, mid-year's a better time to play footy. I think the forecast is pretty good in terms of uh, 25, 30 degrees. So it's going to be great during the day. And then, again, the dew will hit. Not Stuart Jew, of course, but the Jew will hit the ground. <laughs> and uh, a massive game for the Gold Coast for mine because they show, they let go. They show, they struggle. Um, I don't think anything Hawthorne does this year is going to be either overly concerning because they are just a couple of steps behind, you'd think, what the Gold Coast Suns are with their development. Sam Mitchell's doing a really good job and they are progressing beautifully. But yeah. it's more the Suns, I think, have to show us something. Last time they played, uh, it was uh, Took Miller who just just owns the footy. When he's on song, he's one of the best in the comp. Um, look, I think this game is an important game. I think one of these two sides could challenge for the eighth spot on the ladder. And so right now they're 12th and 13th. I think the winner of this, it's a, it's a real two-team swing and you, you get a win here and they get to challenge and the loser probably doesn't. Now, I know they're both probably not going to win the flag this year, but I think for both sides, young developing sides, if you can scrape into finals in an in a early year... Huge it, win. Yeah, it, it, it helps a lot. Uh, who do I think is going to win? You know, Max Lynch, uh, the, the Hawthorne Ruckman... They get a Ruckman. ...is out. Yes. So that's that's a blow to them. Yes. Yeah, so they won't have a Ruckman effectively. Kaczynski will have to Ruck by himself for Hawthorne that, but against they, Jared Witt, who's one of the best in the comp. True, but they've also got, in terms of Mitch Lewis, in really good touch, four goals last week, and, and James Sicily. So they've... Look, there's, there's a lot of bravado about the way Hawthorne plays. It's an attractive style if they get it right. Uh, the Suns, I just feel if, if they... I've seen enough of them to, to like what I see in patches, so I, I'm just leaning towards Gold Coast to get that victory. And, and again, I don't think either side will make the eight, despite what you say. I, I, I disagree on that, but I, I think the team that wins here... Can, okay. can certainly at least stay in the, in the conversation longer in the year. You pick Suns, I pick Hawks. I think Liam Shields tags Took Miller out of the game and they don't have the firepower in the midfield to match Hawthorne's. Hawthorne win in a high scoring affair in the Northern Territory. Saints v North Sunday, 11. Uh, it's an early Sunday game for us at Marvel Stadium. Um, the North Melbourne are in similar areas to West Coast right now. They're under the pump from all levels at the moment. They're under more pressure than West Coast because they've just had three of their blokes in their recruiting department say Sayonara. Now, whether they were given the push or whether they walked, that's not a great sign, Scoey. Right before the mid-season draft. I mean, that's that's the recruiter's time to shine. So I agree with you. You don't have three people walking out of the same department for no reason. It's not a, oh, well, you know, we're just moving in a direction. Passes. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's, it's strange. It is strange. And North Melbourne have been struggling for a while now. It's the difference between West Coast and North Melbourne. A lot of frustrated people about West Coast right now, their fans, that sort of stuff, because they're used to success. North Melbourne, on, on the other hand, they were used to success in the 90s. They haven't, they haven't seen a lot for a long period of time. There's apparently meant to have been a rebuild. New coach comes in who's meant to be a teacher. There's rumblings about his demeanour with players. Not a lot going right at North Melbourne. No, not at all. And they're recruiting, if you look at some of the even more experienced players that have come into their mix, it hasn't been overly successful. So they've got a lot of work to do on and off the field. The Saints are going pretty well. Yep. They are going well. And Max King, if they can keep him humming, 
they will stay relevant. They'll stay in the top eight and they will trouble teams along the way. So, no, I'm, I'm very keen on St Kilda in this one. And unfortunately, of course, Jack Higgins misses again, but yes. they've got enough talent to knock, knock over North Melbourne. I think that's an easy one. Saints wins that pretty easily. Collingwood v Carlton, Sunday, 1.20pm. What a absolutely huge matchup. Collingwood going pretty well. Carlton going very well. At the MCG, this will this will go close to 80,000, 90,000 people. Well, it has to be because the crowd numbers in Victoria this year have been down. In fact, across yes. the competition have been down. Now, whether that's because of COVID, whether that's people just been used to watching on TV for the past two years, I'm not sure. But if you can't get a big crowd to, to this one, Magpies, Blues, MCG, uh, two sides playing pretty good footy, particularly Carlton, then there's something wrong. Uh, I was really impressed with Collingwood last week in the wet. Yes. I thought they played... The, the style of footy required on that day superbly. Uh, but Carlton, I just keep looking at their midfield and, and, and the, the weapons they have there and, and who's going to stop them. And then you, you look inside 50 and there's uh, the big Adonis, the, the Charlie. Funny, the funny thing, I mean, they had Adam Chera last year, but their midfield and team isn't that different to last year. But you would remember there was a lot of criticism about their recruiting strategies, about what they'd done. about the, They've obviously changed a lot going on inside the footy club to change their performance so much. Yes, they get they all get more experienced. Paddy Cripps is having a, you know probably his best year in the AFL, which is fantastic for them. But it's not like they've added 10 different players this year. That's happened over the last couple of years. No, but the, the spread, I think, with, with Cripps getting a chop out, whether it's from Chera, whether it's from Kennedy, whether it's from Walsh, yeah. that does has to help their captain. And he just looks, he's running on top of the ground. And the whole team isn't reliant on one bloke getting out of trouble every time there's a centre bounce. Although Charlie Kernow is trying to put the whole team on his, on his <laughs> exactly. back. Because, I mean, he's just an absolute gun, star of the competition. People forgot about him a bit, but I'm looking forward to watching him progress, leading the Coleman, um, Harry Mackay and Liam Jones. People forget, they're, they're missing two bookends at the moment. Liam Jones was one of their better defenders. He won't play this year. Um, he walked away from the game at the start of this year. Imagine if they had him as well. Absolutely. Jacob Wiedering holding up his, his share of the bargain down there. I think Carlton win. You're not going to go against me? I think Carlton wins, and I was really excited to see, having called a bit of PSA footy and, and obviously waffle footy over the past uh, few years, Jesse Motlop make his debut last week, uh, kicked uh, a goal or two. Really yeah. exciting. He's only he's diminutive, but of course comes from pretty good stock. Yeah. Uh, the DNA is great, so hopefully he can um, can stay in the side, uh, make sure that forward pressure is there, and it must be just... Imagine being at the feet of Charlie... Kernow or Mackay, Mackay when he's in there uh, as a young player like Jesse. So uh, good luck to him. Hopefully he'll enjoy the experience in front of a, a huge crowd if, of course, he uh, keeps his spot. In the Indigenous Guernsey as well on Sir Doug Nichols' round. And that is round two of Sir Dig- Doug Nichols' round this week. So it'll be good to see the Indigenous jumpers run out again. Port Adelaide v Essendon Sunday, Adelaide Oval. Th- these two sides came into the season with big expectations. Uh, Mick Moldhouse picked Essendon for the flag this year and Will Schofield picked Port Adelaide for the flag this year. So, yeah, well, Leash was, was coming... Well, they made a prelim final. Well, they, they were the best side in the last two years. They'd won the most games in two years running. So that's what I based it on. I'm not sure what Mick was looking at. I don't think Essendon were ever a chance to win the flag this year, but they were certainly expected to make finals. They don't look like a final side right now. No, but you know, if you'd said Carlton, he'd look like a genius, uh, as in yeah, terms correct. of picking a side outside the top eight or someone to, to, to really burn up the ladder. Uh, yeah, Port Adelaide have been disappointing, and your old club uh, I were able to run them into form about a month and a half ago. So yes. that has that is, that been the catalyst for them playing some better <laughs> well, footy. playing West Coast. <laughs> well, yes. For, for a lot of sides. Yes, exactly. Uh, Charlie Dixon. 
He's back. He's back, which is fantastic. They've uh, been missing him big time. Booted 3-3 from 16 touches uh, in his last outing. So he's a player that just, just gives them a presence. Yeah. Gives them something. And, and Port Adelaide, I think, uh, Essendon's, I'm confused with Essendon as to what they stand for. And, and look, they had a really good win over Hawthorne. Second half was outstanding in that match. But um, Ben Rutten, the, the, the question marks must be there as to where this team is, is going in the short term. Well, what, what, what happens um, with a team like that that has some ex- expectation, right? They make finals last year. They kind of scraped in and they finished strong last year with a bit of a wet sail. But uh, I don't I, I don't see the quality in their list. And so they've come in with expectation. But uh, they're not going to be able to just click their fingers and start winning games. The blue-collar stuff that you've heard Ben Rutten roll out at the start of the year, I don't think they're a blue-collar team. They don't have the list to be like that. The reason they're playing such good footy at the end of last year was their run, gun, take the ball on. It's exciting to watch. They, you know, at times it's risky, and you think, oh, they're going to stuff it up, but they get it through and they kick a goal out the back. That's how they play. But Marvel Stadium, perfect for them. Yeah, as Yeah, well. but they've they've come out and tried to do this. You know, you know, blue collar, you work hard, and it's not not who they are, which is okay. You've got to understand your list profile. Like Richmond. The Richmond Tigers weren't a blue-collar team when they won three in a row. They were a run, gun, handball, knock-on, scrappy side. But they knew that's what the list that they had. I think Essendon's got to get realistic if they're going to improve this year. Who wins the game? Oh, well, and by the way, Jordan Ridley, uh, important in for, yes. for Essendon. But uh, no, um, <laughs> no, 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 can't, can't be tipping. Well, Port Adelaide, let's be honest, they're not playing super footy, but they're playing well enough. And I think just getting a few wins on the board, it, your season suddenly, okay, we've got, got light at the end of the tunnel, light that can be seen, and I think they'll they'll take care of Port Adelaide. Essendon wins for mine, Skate. Oh. How about that one? How about that one? Hey, you not like it? We're going to keep these tips, by the way. We're going to keep them rolling. We'll keep a score. I've got a couple of upsets. So just maybe just get off, off you know, easy street. No, no, I'm just trying to think of, of, of the loser or the winner. What happens if you finish the fridge? <laughs> well, maybe someone has to be a good uh, show. partake. Uh, the loser. Well, mind you, it's a good result if you have to have a shelter brewery. There we go. Shelter footy cast here with Skeet and Scully. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, game to watch this week. I think there's a few that, uh, that are potentially in there. I'm going to throw them at you and you tell me which you think is the game of the round. So Sydney v Richmond Friday night. It's going to be a perler. Fremantle Melbourne uh, in Melbourne and Collingwood v Carlton in the MCG. What's the game of the round for you this a week? standout. Collingwood, Carlton, MCG. Uh, look, I know we live in the West, but if you're a traditional and you are a Victorian yeah. boy at heart, this in the old days, and hopefully this weekend, creates a real buzz around the city of Melbourne. And you know what it's like when there are trams and trains and, and people in pubs outside the MCG before these two sides, which have a, a long and storied history, come together. I think it's a, it's a standard. And it's been a while, a long time since both these clubs, more so Carlton, of course, this year, but, but Collingwood, a big win last week, come in with a bit of expectation, a bit of form and a bit of hope. We've missed that rivalry and what you're talking about, the you know beers before the footy and the, the trains full of people. And that's been missed for a couple of years, especially in Victoria. I, I hope it's close to a sellout crowd. I, I could be overestimating it here, but if you get... Imagine having close to 100,000 people to a game of footy um, where we've been lucky to get crowds at all. There's been crowd, there's been games with no people at all. So I agree with you. Collingwood v Carlton is the game to watch. Shelter footy cast. I will say before we take a little another little break, we've got that segment in game to watch. Uh, on Mondays, we're doing the XPA X Factor. Um, last week, I think it was Charlie Kerno. We're going to get them a nice little prize pack from Shelter Brewery. Brewery. The player. To the player. 
Wow. Yeah, so we're going to send them some stuff. We, we, I'm just trying to figure out if we're allowed to send them beers or not. What do you think on that? I think we should be allowed. Well, players drink beers. No, they're allowed to have a, a, a beer or two uh, over the course of a, a weekend, I'm sure, after they, they have a, a good performance like that. So, Charlie, uh, welcome on board. Very good. We'll get that prize back out to you now. You're on the Shelter Footy Cast. Righto, nice little segment here to finish off. It's a bit of PTI, part of the interruption. Three big questions that we're going to get into a little bit to finish the show, leading into a big round 11. First question, for or against for you, Skate. Fremantle will be the team to knock off Melbourne to end their 17-game in a row winning streak. That's a no from me, uh, Scully. I think it's pretty obvious. And in fact, logic says that. And unless Unless you're going to try and create a headline or, or a differing opinion for the sake of it, the form... What we've seen, and your eyes don't lie, they have been the best team all year. They haven't shown any sign that they're just taking the foot off the accelerator. MCG, it's a fortress for them. They'll be winning. Not saying Freo won't be competitive, but it won't be the end of their winning run this weekend. I don't understand why you think Melbourne... It seems like you think Melbourne are unbeatable. They're coming up against a Fremantle side. Yes, two, two weeks in a row they haven't played well, but they're a good side, Fremantle. They've shown that they can travel. They beat Geelong in Geelong. Hasn't been done for a long time doing that. I don't. I don't see why they can't. I don't, I don't see why you they can't be Geelong, You said Geelong have got no chance of causing any damage in September. So thanks, all thanks to Fremantle Dockers absolutely stitching them <laughs> up at home. I'm telling you right now, Fremantle Dockers will beat Melbourne. They'll end the streak. You, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. If that is the case, then you deserve to to be the the star of this show for the next month because I, that will be. And don't get me wrong, Fremantle have a decent side, but Melbourne is one of the better AFL teams we've seen for the past five years. All right, you just stay tuned to that. We'll keep a close eye on it. What about number two? Port Adelaide... <coughs> excuse me. Port Adelaide will show they can be a top eight side. Yeah, no, I think they can. I really do, because they have the quality. And you sort of shake your head uh, and, and say... How do you know I've shaken my well, head? Well, because I can just see in, inside the back of your mind, I can see you going... Uh, de- but this is the bloke that tipped Port Adelaide to win the premiership at the start of the year. And yeah. now you've jumped completely off. Well, I've, I've used my eyes, as you, as you just said about Fremantle. The eyes don't lie. I'm watching the Port Adelaide power... I don't think they can be a top eight side. Yes, they get Charlie Dixon back. Yes, Alir Alir is back at the other end of the ground. But they've got they've got issues. Yes, they've won some games, but one of them's been against West Coast. Okay, well, let's let's run. Through. They've got Essen this weekend. We expect they'll win that. They've got, they've got Richmond away. Yes, uh, and so Richmond will win. Uh, Port take on Sydney after that. Then they've got Sydney the Gold Coast Sun. So you're basically saying they've lost the next four. They will lose the next four games. Oh, seriously, will you are kidding yourself? They are not that bad a side. They'll win some more footy. In fact. They'll they, win three of the next four. If they weren't that bad, they wouldn't be four and six languishing slowly. outside the eight. They've started slowly. Bloody oath, they started slowly. They lost the first five games in a row. And you know what? They lost a showdown after the siren, essentially. They, they've had a couple of missed opportunities. And yeah, they have started slow, but their quality is you're not giving them enough credit for what they have at their disposal. What I'm giving them credit for is is making me look like an absolute fool at the start of the season. And I'll be absolutely <laughs> jumping off that train very quickly. Yeah, number three, no danger field. No finals for Geelong. I'm going to start with this one. I I, I agree to an extent. Um, yes, it's probably the right time to rest Dangerfield. He has not been the player he's been at the start of this season. So he needs some time off. I worry about, yes, Dangerfield's impact on Geelong. But more so, I, just, I don't rate Geelong and the way they're playing. I mentioned it a bit earlier on. I think they're a bit confused with their game style, which... 
seems shocking compared, you know, seeing that they're a mature club, Geelong. They should know exactly what they're doing. I haven't liked what I've seen this year, and I don't think they make the eight. So no Dangerfield, no Geelong, no in the finals. Well, they're six at the moment. Dangerfield's being rested to, uh, in Chris Scott's mind, perhaps give him the chance to be right and ready for the finals. Because as we've seen, Geelong has made finals in recent times, but have struggled. And Dangerfield may not have been at his best during those uh, finals appearances, whether he's been banged up, whether he's fatigued, whether age has been a factor in that. But I still think that, forget the Dangerfield factor, that's not the reason why Geelong's going to make the eight or not. I think there's other elements of that. I mean, they've got uh, the Cam are, are, they, are they going to make the eight? I think they will be right in their zone up until round... Yeah, I think they will. I think they'll just hang in there. Right. So there's too much quality for them just to fall away. They're sixth at the moment, and here's me making the case for Port Adelaide to make the eight, because history shows after round nine or ten that there's very, very rarely a change in the top eight. Well, yeah, if, that, if that's the case, Geelong stays in and Port Adelaide misses out. But And Will Schofield's correct. Is that what that means? Because, yeah, Port Adelaide aren't making the eight. Well, let's just wait and see. Okay, very good. Um, that's about all, time, all the time we've got time for. We're, we're, we're pretty much done and dusted. Your Julius Marlowe's have done all the talking that can be done. I'll tell you what, this jacket, it is so warm, I'm about to turn into, uh, it's like a sauna central here for me, but uh, maybe it's just the heat coming from you this morning, some of the, some of the uh, provocative arguments. Yeah, I've been a bit out in the limb today, haven't I? Yes. That, should I apologise for that? At least we've got it on record, because we know that someone's going to be absolutely... Egg on the face come Monday. Find us on social, Shelter Footy Cast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. Skeet will find his way, way there sometimes. You can uh, watch us on YouTube. Uh, Google Backchat YouTube, Shelter Footy Cast. That'll find us there. Um, a little reminder, Shelter and the Wembley switchback IPL launch at the Wembley, 5 p.m. Friday, 3rd of June. That's next Friday. So put that one in the calendar, I think, Skeet. Absolutely. And if you're in Bustleton, had Great part of the world. Make sure you pop in, see the boys and the girls there. The Shelter Brewery, great spot, great part of the world. And uh, we don't mind the drops either. Thanks to Shelter. Thanks to the Southern River Band. Thanks to the Backchat Studios. We're done and dusted this week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.